Welcome to D and D, the dinner party role playing podcast. I'm your host and dungeon master James Gressel. With me today are Beth and Mike. Hi. Oh no! Hey. What? We're we're fun people. Say hi, fun, fun people. people. Yeah. Hi. 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 I'm super fun. You're half the fun people. I didn't know. It's weird. <laughs> That's our fear, Gressel, is that now we're not the fun people because it's just the two of us. Right. It was. <laughs> it's, we're 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 messing with the fun. Uh, alchemy here mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't know what the results are gonna be yep. <laughs> we're fucking with the recipe we, and we're throwing the balance off um but no we're we are we're, we're here with beth and mike we're, we're trying something uh different we have done just the two of you before of course yes. famously that came back in a big way recently yeah. mm-hmm. by surprise that wasn't supposed to come back yep that was unexpected or was it all oh, the whole time it was not. It was not. <laughs> not not in that way. I, like the storm giant might have come back in like an end game kind of way, but like, no, I did not expect <laughs> expect all that other stuff. To come back. <laughs> uh, especially Tim. Tim was the most uh, unexpected comeback. Tim, we closed um, the door on him. <laughs> no, we have not. <laughs> He's still on a quest. <laughs> <laughs> He's on a mission. Yeah, uh, a mission sacred like. quest given by Fletch. Mm. Oh no, what did I do? I don't know. Okay, um, but that's not what we're here to do today. We are going to do something uh, different and new and exciting. I am very excited for this. I was working on some stuff the last few days. I sent you guys some stuff. Um, that I hope you had a chance to look at. Yeah, yeah you did. Yeah. You yeah. sent us both short stories. Proper <laughs> small pages. novels. Five we were, pages. We went out to dinner last night and we were, uh, we were trying to decide which one was longer. And so that's who you liked more. Catherius <laughs> <laughs> is a little bit longer. Um, yeah, yeah. But that's, that's, that's only because as we'll talk about, as we'll get to, um, I, have, I have a less clear picture in my head of uh of who young nils is i think that there's a little bit more uh there's a little bit more flexibility in 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 his character than than in katheria for me but we'll we'll get into that in a second but first just overview for the listeners i want to talk a little bit about what we're going to be doing not only here today in this episode but um going forward for the next few months um uh as uh we discussed briefly in the discussion episode uh, the next few months are uh, a very busy time for James and Chelsea for a myriad reasons, not only because of uh, the spooky season, as uh, we've come to know it, uh, and their work on Dead Meat, um, which, like, every day, James just has something new. <laughs> I go down, I get coffee, and he's <laughs> like, this new thing happened. And I, I, it, it, you know, if, if you're a Dead Meat fan, there's a lot of really cool shit coming up. <laughs> If James lives through it, <laughs> right? But if you're like his close personal friend, you st- you can't see James and Chelsea both for the entire no, for month October, of October. No, yeah. They're gone. Uh-huh. No, I live in this building, and I don't think I'll see them. But yeah, so uh, there's that, of course. But then there is, uh, in happier news, their their upcoming uh, wedding and everything that is going along with it. Um, and then uh, you know, you guys. Uh, I don't know. We can cut this if if you want, but you guys have a big move coming up, and that yeah. everything. Yeah, that all. Yeah, Mike and I in wow in the whole run of D and D and D, we got engaged and then we got married. 
<laughs> and then we bought a house. Mike and I have bought a house. Our lives, we are. <laughs> no. No. No other big. No, no, no. That's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> but, but it just gets it completely quiet. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, it wasn't even a bit. It, it was just no. panic. <laughs> yeah. Well, because what you don't know is that Mike's entire Instagram feed is pictures of babies and he's having dreams about having babies and he's telling me that he's ready to have babies. Um, well, I guess this will be the first person we tell this story to because. <laughs> Uh, Grassy, you can cut this if you want, but yeah, Beth, yeah, yeah. Uh, Beth did end up, uh, I woke up one morning, it was 9.30 in the morning, and I heard Beth going like, like, like taking deep breaths, and I was like, are you okay? And I like, put my hand on her stomach, and she started crying, and she woke up bawling, and I'm like, are you okay? Why are you crying? What's going on? And she goes, I had a dream. And we had a baby and I was like, oh, okay. And she's like, and you didn't let me name him or like, I didn't tell her what the name was going to be. Mike named the baby in my dream I, without, telling, I, me. Yes. without telling me. And, and so Beth didn't feel like the baby was hers. And I like kept all these things from her and I was like, okay. And she's like, I'll tell you the baby's name, but like, you have to get the whole setup first. So she tells me this whole big setup and she's like, you named the baby. Steven. 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 Which was short for like <laughs> a much longer, more absurd word. But I, it was, he, he in my dream was so heartbroken that I didn't like our baby's name. Yeah. And in my dream, Steven. I was like, Steven. <laughs> <laughs> Steven the baby. We need we need a Steven NPC Let's now. See. Yes, please. Oh my god, I laughed so hard. Beth is in <laughs> tears. She's in tears. And she's like, you named the baby Steven. And I was like, oh my god, you're crying. I would do the same I'm thing. Crying, laughing. That's hilarious. I would react exactly the same. And also, dream logic. It wasn't literally my baby. Mike had had a baby, and I had adopted the baby, and like. We had consented to having the baby, raising the baby together. And the fact that he named the baby without consulting me just felt like a betrayal. I hadn't, I hadn't born, said birthed Stephen. Yeah. But you, you were not the the bearer of Stephen. I I felt very left out. The name is so funny. (laughs) Thank you for indulging. So, So not a baby. It's a house. We, we, have a house and it is so stinky and bad and needs all of the rooms to be new rooms so mike and i are in the middle of uh incredible renovation process the other thing too that uh on my end i don't have a house or a successful business (laughs) (laughs) but on 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 my side of things for uh this little period uh we've been we've been doing this show uh for a long time now uh, where I have to churn out a lot of uh, new creative content constantly, and it's hard, and I want a break. So, um, <laughs> yeah, you deserve. You one. know, I, I well, I, I really want. I, I love where the show has gone creatively. I, I was really, really proud of season four. I think that, um, especially the beginning and the end, uh, were were some of the best stuff that we've done in the whole run of the show. I'm really, really proud of 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 it and what you guys did and to continue that and to build on that and to, you know, keep, um, you know, getting, getting 
better today than yesterday and better tomorrow than today, I, I want to, um, you know, really make sure that I, I treat season five the way it deserves. And, um, you know, part of that is putting some distance between, uh, between things and making sure that I have some time to really gestate, uh, something new. And, um, you know, which might sound weird when I'm like, okay, so now we're going to do this completely different creative thing that I have to also create, (laughs) but, but it, but it is, it's different, you know, it's stepping away and even just doing this kind of refresh of a different kind of story and everything I want to do. Um, you know, uh, it's cross training. Like I want, I want to, I want to, um, you know, flex some different muscles and, and try some different things and, and, you know, maybe we can apply some of those lessons to season five. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, but, uh, also just in terms of like ideation and writing and everything, like I, I, I really want to put the time in for season five so that you, the listeners can have the best, uh, season five, five, that's a big deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. that, uh, that we can, can give you. So we're going to, we're going to do something different here between now and the spring, <clears throat> late winter, early spring, um, that, uh, to get, to get you there. So. Um, we are going to have content. We're going to be doing this new thing. We're going to be doing this prequel series, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. I'm really excited for it. It's it's going to be a lot of fun. Beth and Mike are going to be playing young versions of Nils Hoskindauer and Katheria Erthadar, uh in their early days before their relationship. It, in fact, we are getting their origin story. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. of of sorts. Their their meet cute. Their their initial romance. Where mm-hmm. we will we might get into that. This might end up being a love story, uh, which I'm I'm excited about. I, I am a sucker for love stories. Um, some people may not know this, but I I really love a romance. Um. So, uh, not, not, you know, guaranteeing that that's what, what this will end up being, but, uh, that is definitely a possibility because we know they ultimately end up together. There's going to be, this is going to be an interesting thing, uh, because, um, you know, we know these characters a little bit as they are today. So they're going to be very different from, uh, how we know them, how we've come to know them in the series. We've, we've had very few really interactions with Katheria yeah. uh, compared to Nils. Um, and we don't really know much of her personality and her personality has been obviously hugely impacted by uh, the events of the big story. Um, so it's going to be a little bit of something new to explore her character, which I'm really excited about because I've had her knocking around in my head for a while and it'll be cool to kind of get her out there through Beth, too, which I'm excited about. Um, and then this is going to be a different version of Nils. Nils, is, Nils was changed a lot by um, the experience of his young adulthood uh, and uh, his experience with Katheria and his other um, uh, companions uh, that led him to, to where he is when, when we know him in the main story. And um, I think it'll be interesting for... Uh, for folks to to see him as a young man through Mike uh, and not through me, um, you know how he's different and and I'm what I'm hoping is that um, you know there's a dramatic irony of like how do these people end up where they are um, and what what things lead to the kind of you know um, serious 
kind of sad, I I think it's fair to say, rulers that we know in our story. So we're going to have, we're going to still be playing Dungeons and Dragons, of course. Yes. I don't know if, if we talked about it between all of us, but I had considered switching systems for this we we weren't always set on a prequel this was a relatively new decision to do a prequel it it was kind of late in the game when we decided this is what we were going to do we we had we had a lot of different ideas at one point we had entertained maybe one of us running a different campaign like a short campaign and having grussell be the dm but the consensus there was like "Uh oh we are doing a show and we would have to, one of the four of us would have to learn how to be a DM live for everybody to watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that was scary. Too scary for me. That would have been, yeah, that would have been. Uh, it would have been a good time, but also you want quality. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it, would have, it would have been a different, uh, a different experience, that's for sure. As much as I want to be, wanted to, the opportunity to be a player, and I think that I think it would have been hard for me to not like a uh, armchair quarterback a little bit too. Mm. Um, now, are you going to be playing a character with us in this story? I, well, just by virtue of it, of it only being a few of us, mm-hmm. I'll be playing. Yes. I will be more involved. Um, that is that that's uh, yeah. Something that we should, we should talk about. I will be more involved than I am kind of in D and D and D. Um, you know, there will be kind of like party members that presumably, you know, I don't want to give anything away, but the, presumably there will be like party members or other companions that you will have that will be NPCs uh, who, who will be more involved than other NPCs have in D&D&D. Um, mm-hmm. Like, uh... has got a best friend. That's true. <laughs> Navia the Woods Witch. Yeah, it's like right. an important part of Kytheria's life, young life. Yeah, that's, uh, yep, so so I'm hoping that that uh, raises some questions of what happened to the, with the, between the two of them, and, you know, and what happened with Navia, and, uh, Navia. Um, you know, we know that, uh, well, alright, let, let's just, uh, I, I, I don't want to beat around the bush with, with um, bullshit administrative stuff any longer. <laughs> let's talk about these characters. Right. That's what okay. we're here to do. That's the exciting part about a session zero is character creation. Everybody loves it. It's one of the best parts of D and D. Um, is is character creation? I, I love a session zero on on your tables. Um, DMs listening or players listening. Uh, I, I hope you guys do session zeros. Um, if if you get something out of them, um, I think that they are a great way to. Um, really get into uh, who the players are playing and, and what motivates them and mm-hmm. why they're going on the adventure. Because that's, that's something I think that a lot of, uh, a lot of new, I, I think of our show a little bit as a, as a gateway show, uh, bringing people into new players into D and D because we're not super serious with it. I'm a new player. So, uh, I mean, not anymore, but yeah. you brought me in. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> you were once upon a time. Yeah. Now you're, now you're a vet. Now, now you're vet. experienced. Yeah, I feel super yeah. cool. It's funny though, because when people ask me, it's like, oh, you play D&D? It's like, yeah, I, I started five years ago. They're like, oh, you've been playing for a while. It's like, yeah, just one campaign. I, I'm the same character. <laughs> so I have grown. I know how to play, but. Very specific experience. <laughs> very specific. Very, very specific. I've never played another game. 
Uh, well, now this will be your second one. Yeah, yeah. Well, we did the one off, I suppose. We did the one off, and which you crushed. That was fun. That so. was a good one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, I think uh, if you're a new D and D player, uh, a session zero is a, is a great way to 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 answer some questions about why you're on the adventure because that's something I think a lot of um, new players struggle with. Yeah. Is the idea of why am I doing this? Like, mm-hmm. why do I want to go into that cave? Why do I want to? Um, this monster in my mind if you have a session zero you have it's 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 like maybe seven o'clock at night you're in your friend's basement it's kind of chilly you got pizza you got your a and w root beer um you got your seats you got maybe a blanket or so something you got some music playing oh my gosh what a fun yes atmosphere session zero there you go ideas you just described summer 2000 yeah <laughs> for me Amazing. and not dnd but golden eye on this nintendo yeah, 64 for, sure. for, for me <laughs> yeah it is it's it's very much like uh this is the fun <laughs> brainstorming <laughs> you just have a character select screen on golden eye for five hours with your friends <laughs> hours coming yes. up with backstories and why they're all in the room together yeah, why is our <laughs> yeah. job the hardest character next to natasha to, yeah exactly. why is female lab tech we had some fun going times, to be yeah. fighting James Bond. Why does she support this terrorist organization? <laughs> the the Yannis Syndicate. I think that's who it was in gold. Holy moly. All right. <clears throat> so let's get into it. Let's get into these characters. Let's start. Beth, you brought it up. We'll bounce back and forth. Yeah. Um, but but you 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 brought up Katheria, so let's 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 start there. You brought up the fact that she um she has a, a best friend. Yeah, that's new information. Um, and that best friend was uh, was Navia, who we know is the Woods Witch. Yeah. Um, so I sent you, uh, I sent you a, a, a write up of who I thought Katheria is, who I think Katheria is, this version of Katheria, um, and kind of some like biography information, some background stuff to help you inform uh, how you're thinking about the character. Um, because uh, unlike Marjorie, this is a character that I created. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was some stuff that you had to know. Yeah, she has parents. Uh, she has parents. Most do. <laughs> And yeah, so um, why don't you go through kind of some stuff that stood out to you? Just t- talk to talk to us, the listeners, about um, about this version of Katheria. Some stuff maybe that stood out to you, or questions you may have, or whatever. Just I'm, I'll turn it off, over to you for sure. A minute. Yeah. Um, so in this write up, and I'm I'm okay to share whatever is here. This isn't there, secrets. The, I don't. There is nothing here that is a spoiler. I think if there is, I'll cut it. Okay, because Mike and I did have a let's not tell each other about our characters conversation. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, cool. So, so he then and you'll I are learn, blind. You, mm-hmm. you guys will learn stuff here. Yes. So, oh, fun, mm-hmm. fun, fun. Cool. Exciting. Because there's a lot of shit in uh, Nils's. Ooh. Because <laughs> there's, a, there's a, yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, Katheria is nobleborn. Obviously, she's an Earthadar. Um, she has two parents. Lady Annalise Erthadar and Lord Mordecai Forts Fortinbras, a minor noble from the lakes of Lucia. So he prays. Her dad is a is somebody who follows um, river spirits, right? 
River gods? Lake spirits. Lake spirits. Yeah. So this is kind of like in a similar way that like Juno had the great heifer. So like there's these like minor deities that came about because people lost track of the like big gods uh-huh. over time. Um, and yeah, so uh, Fort's, Fort and Bras is from uh, the lakes of Lucia a little bit. Uh, north of the Moonshadow Valley, and yeah, he has like he's like a, a there's the a triad of lake gods from these three lakes, mm-hmm. and that's where he's from. And Cathiria is uninterested in them; does yeah. does mm-hmm. not care about Daddy's gods. Mm-mm. Um, and then Annalise, her mom, is a, a lovely woman, but keeps her at arm's length. Is is a little cold to Cathiria, so she grows up feeling, um. You've you've written here that she was she feels bored, and it's mostly because like no matter what she does, and she's an incredibly high achiever, incredibly capable, beautiful, able, intelligent. It doesn't seem to be rewarded. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she like jumping forward a bit to her college years, right? She goes through a a uh, uh, well then fuck all this hard work kind of rebel phase, which I was not expecting out of her. <laughs> <laughs> but before that, um, she's like a solitary kid. She has a sister. And this is interesting. I'm, I'm jumping around a lot. I'm not doing this by time. Um, I that's thought... Fu- that's fine. I like this. I like that it's kind of like you're just telling us about somebody you know. Yeah, right? Yeah. I thought the heir of Earthadar, the sacrificial heir of Earthadar, was always a boy. Always the first son. Um, that's not true. It's the firstborn. And Katheria has an older sister who she does not know. That's the whole reason why we're doing the campaign in the first place. The whole reason why <laughs> Nils talks to Marjorie and Juno and uh, the others. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Beth. Just because they're not God. here. Well, I can't mix up the names if I don't say them. <laughs> um, so that that's a, a conflict within the family that... Katheria is not told of for a very long time until she's 16. She doesn't know about that. Oh, she grows up in a time of good fortune. There's not a lot of conflict, not a lot of troubles. Things are prosper- prosperous. It's the 90s, baby. Uh, <laughs> her parents don't have to do a lot of diplomacy in order to keep things, keep things going. So they're kind of like winos. They're kind of like party, party parents. And Katheria hates it. Katheria is like, you guys stink. She's. I want to play her so wrong, dude. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm going to do a great pooper. job. The body pooper. Um, so she spends, because she is effectively an only child, she spends a lot of time by herself. She spends a lot of time with, with her intellect, with her curiosities, exploring this on her own. And that inner sanctum room that we know from um, our current campaign that houses her two daughters, she spends most of her adolescence in there by herself, studying the skies and studying nature and studying magic and developing um, abilities that I don't, she's not taught how to do magic. She teaches herself how to do magic, right? She's taught like real basic magic. Basic like magic? There, there's like very standard stuff that she would be taught just kind of as like a like like a you know, like cantrips, but maybe even like more basic than that. Like 
there's definitely so her her like her family would have magical abilities and like certain members of her family would have been magical enough where like there would be probably somebody on staff who would be like like someone from the wizards academy would come up to do mm-hmm. like magic lessons but but um like Annalise and Forts would would definitely not be the kind to be like our daughter's going to be a wizard like there's not it's just kind of like you know like we all took biology none of us are scientists yeah and you if know? you're a noble noble woman then i imagine that there are certain kinds of um uh, skills that you're expected to have for sure yeah like mending uh-huh you know would be a spell you would probably learn and like you know very basic things like that um so yeah like but when she spends the time with herself she just dis- with herself especially in the the night's chamber she really understand she starts to understand that she has there's more to her mm-hmm. than than you know maybe she thought and there's there's more to this place and these plants and the sky and the night that, that and she has some some kind of connection that's that she feels drawn to she feels right. called by these things by the sky yes, and by does. plants the moon and the leaf goddess if you want to get real granular about it. Um, and I love this. I'm going to read what Gressel wrote here. By the time she was 12, she had all but moved into the chamber, preferring to take her studies at night and always with a window to the sky. She found herself fascinated with the moon and the stars and the way they interacted with the plants around her. Through observation of these natural magics, she started to understand their intricacies, at least somewhat though it was an accident that ultimately led her to her biggest leap of understanding. One night, while absentmindedly drawing on herself to pass the time as a celebration raged in the castle above, party parents, (laughs) the constellations she was tracing on her skin illuminated. While she had been trained in simple magics, mostly for self-defense, this was the first time she had created something magical herself. The patterns and the power they created excited her, and she started to explore what they meant in secret, worried that the magic would be at odds with her destiny of taking over for her mother, who never did magic that Katheria could see. So she's in the basement, putzing around, and discovers this, this latent ability, the secret ability, when she traces uh, patterns on her skin. And they glow, and they're pretty, and they reflect the, the night sky. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh this is we'll get into more like character nitty-gritty stuff uh toward the end but this is um all building to uh gameplay mechanics of the kind of uh character that so mm-hmm. uh, that is really exciting before we get any deeper into Katheria's story i want to jump over to um nils and talk a little bit about uh his upbringing because it was uh different from katheria's um katheria uh not not neglected but not um understood not uh not a priority Mm. um or uh, the way that she felt anyways nils on the other hand grew up in a very different place so i sent mike a similar document mm-hmm. um and the first few the first couple pages of his document unlike yours beth uh were not all character biography but background on hosk the kingdom of hosk yes yeah 
Yeah. So, <clears throat> Mike, what did you think about Hosk? Uh, I mean, I want to live there. I think, I think it sounds <laughs> awesome. It's like it's nestled. It's that what it's like nestled in, in the mountains, like by the water. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's not a lot of like weather, uh, like bad weather and stuff. It's pretty good. The the people there uh, started focusing on trade more than war, which I thought was cool. Yeah, I mean, it sounds great. Cold. <laughs> it sounds cold because it is snowy. Is it like a snowboarding town? Yes. One yeah. of the pictures looks <laughs> like a snowboarding town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. It's um, it's a it's a different kind of place completely from 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 Knights Pass and 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 the Moonshadow Valley. Although, um, uh kind of similar to the time period in that uh that Katheria grew up in um there isn't there's not a ton of like uh like major conflict or anything in uh in Hosk when Nils grew up mm-hmm. but um that's more uh cultural so um the the Hosk is like one of the oldest kingdoms in uh our world um it was founded you know thousands of years ago ultimately they uh met up with uh the dwarven empire uh in didridon out of didridon that's what i God damn yeah it. that's a, i know i was reading this and i was like oh man because like right towards the end of this there's a uh, religious extremism has taken root in, in didridus uh and threatens to destabilize the otherwise scientific dwarves so like there's like death cults and stuff rising up there. And I was like, man, that would have been super intense. Instead, we went to a cheese festival. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's the difference there is insane. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. Uh, there. <laughs> Damn. I, yeah, I, I, I did. I, I, I forgot that like I had that I had that bit in there from like other notes and it was like, well, that's well, fine. That can stay. Yeah. But yeah, it was uh they're they're very like arts um arts and culture focusing. Mm. Like they they definitely take seriously uh like art and entertainment um and uh and stuff and they get a lot of their like science and technology side of things from like trade with the dwarves and like th- they have a very like mutually beneficial Yeah, it, um, it all sounds really good. Yeah, relationship and uh and yeah so i wanted to make sure that you had a background on the place since it's like so especially for nils being like a, the royal family mm. um being a prince you know the 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 place is so important to him um and the history is so important to him and there really is a a a big importance in in their culture on family, on community, and on kingdom. Those are like the three like big, big deals for them mm-hmm. in that order. Um it what when I was when I was thinking about about Hosk and the people there and stuff and the way that the the geography of the landscape is. So like it's this place where there's a bunch of mountains, there's a bunch of rivers, there's these massive valleys, there's this huge snow melt every year because of where, you know, ge- ge- geographically where they mm-hmm. are. And a lot of uh, what happens is it, when the snow melts in the spring and the summer, um, the the rivers flood, and the and this all the rivers and streams get so extreme that it ends up isolating a lot of the region. Um, and if you don't 
if you're you don't have like experienced guides, it's really hard to get around. So local things become super important to the you people. You kind of like your family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um local things become super important to the people there and there isn't this expectation in Hosk of uh you know kingdom above all else if you're if your king is doing a shitty job it's your responsibility to almost like rebel or or mm. you know like depose the king because it's affecting your family and it's affecting your community yeah. if your community isn't working for your family you need to change your community and work better to make sure that everything is bettering the people that you care about the most. So there's this, that's this big part of the culture for, for Hosk and for Nils. Um, so there's this, this triad of, of faith there. And then there's these two pillars of their culture outside of that, which is adventurers and skulls who are the, the bardic artists who, who, are responsible for like keeping the culture of the kingdom going. Hmm. I want to meet more scalds. Yeah. <laughs> we could have. No. Fucking hell. <laughs> we went to the wrong I, place. We we had to go to Middleton. It was the right thing to do for our story. Yeah. But god damn it if I didn't want to go to Didridon and still do. <laughs> I mean, we still can't. We there's still, you know, obviously Yeah, we can know, ignore the, the plot. It's cool. Yeah, <laughs> right. There's a lot of things to explore. So this is- <laughs> he grew up with this, um, you know, with these kind of tenants. What ends up happening in, in Hosk is you have people who seek out adventure or people who seek out being, uh, you know, being scalds. And the adventurers are like adventuring is a big deal in, in Hosk. It's like being an outdoorsman or, or, or that kind of thing where like this is this is it's like what you do on weekends like <laughs> you like you like go and you like explore a cave and you see if there's treasure you kill a monster that's that's like uh, you know terrorizing flocks or whatever mm-hmm. like adventuring is like a thing i love it you go to the bar you look you grab a pint with the boys you look at the uh the posted ads on the yeah. big bulletin board <laughs> you pick the one that everybody's into that's what yeah. you're doing for the weekend yeah exactly and you would you would hang it would be a group of yeah a group of adventurers who exactly would like grab a notice board or like whatever and then there would be the like poet or singer or whoever who hangs around with them to be able to tell the story <laughs> of whatever they do and there's just this kind of dichotomy that happens of um big deeds and big stories about those deeds so that in the winter when everything like <laughs> shuts down you're entertained by the stories of what everybody did all summer you know and um there's a ton of art and uh and excitement and entertainment to keep people going through the winter it's what i imagine alaska to be <laughs> in the winter when everything shuts down and you're trapped in your homes I do. I I do. Would love. I would love to live at this place. I know what you're describing, kind of Gressel. What you've built kind of feels like uh, the end game in just our real lives. (laughs) 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 To go settle down in a in a town like that. Yep, we will just erect a a bar, and you'll do the cooking, and I'll have it be like an art space in the the front, and we'll have a coffee shop, and we'll post adventures for people to go on. 
Oh yeah, well, God. maybe it's Don't. maybe oh, maybe it's a D and D adventure thing that you have to like stay in the cafe and do in the in the imagination of your mind. TM TM TM. <laughs> <laughs> Don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, planting seeds over here. Um, yeah, it is. It's a it's a nice place. It's a nice place. The the, the Hoskindauer family has done a. a a lot of work over many, many years to make sure that it is a nice place. They benefit from it being so geographically difficult to get to, um, and they benefit greatly from the dwarves. More than they probably know, they benefit from the dwarves. Yeah, technology um, and science. That's kind of the background on Haas. There was a, a, a like semi-legendary historical uh, um, prince um, named Sylvanus, who like was the first one who who like met with the dwarves and he like broke broke brokered that peace between um uh the dwarves and and the Hoskin humans um and uh he became kind of like a little bit of a legendary figure where there's like a uh like a curiosity and if you have that kind of curiosity like how like how you you'll say a, an Irish person has the gift of gab or whatever like in uh mm. in hosk you would say that somebody who's really curious would have um hosk uh, and blood yeah so sylvanus's silver would be his would be like somebody who's like super curious and that's that's nils that's what people said about a young nils Sylv's sylv's silver uh in his eye is a, a curiosity <laughs> yeah he grew up <clears throat> in that place um back back in the day uh he was the third child uh what 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 stood out to you mike about any kind of young nils details there weren't as many as Cathir. yeah i mean really. he's what he's he's the youngest or he, he's, he's the, the youngest. youngest so yeah i mean he didn't have as much like not responsibilities but you know he had two people above him that you know he didn't have to worry about too much um yeah, they would carry on the name they would be just him just them yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but yeah i liked how uh curious uh he seems and i there's uh <laughs> the story when the moose men attacked i really oh, like yeah, that story yeah, yeah. um yeah basically these these moose men um like found their party while he was adventuring and took them hostage but they didn't know what to do with them and Nils just like kind of became friends with them and g- joked with them and stuff and then tried to broker a deal because they didn't know what to do with the humans. So he's like, well, just let me beat you in an arm wrestling contest and you can let them go because you don't know what to do. And they're like, OK, because <laughs> these guys are like 10 <laughs> feet tall. And yeah, Nils is it was smart and basically told them, like, I, I need to get what is it? You need to get your shoulders to the ground. Mm-hmm. Um. And Nils did it. He like grabbed their legs and like flipped them around and won. And I honestly thought that's where he's going to lose his arm. <laughs> I thought you were going to say because he's like tall he's, moose guy. Yeah, well, he's obsessed. Like he, I didn't say this earlier, but he loves to arm wrestle. He was arm wrestling people <laughs> oh in, my his, God. in his camp, like in his party. Like that's what he does. This is fa- and this is his favorite arm wrestling arm. Yeah, and I was like, great, he's going to lose his arm because this ten foot tall moose man is just going to crack it off. And uh, that didn't happen. <laughs> so I was a little bummed. <laughs> I was like, oh, I didn't lose his arm there. But uh, 
he seems like a really fun dude. Like he seems yeah, fun, excited, like he, like he's adventurous. He likes the thrill of exploring. That's just he just seems like a cool dude. Gressel, you're setting me up for like my favorite dynamic, my favorite trope, which is like steel-hearted woman <laughs> and uh, aggressively loving man. I think we, who's obsessed I think we, with her. We both would enjoy that. <laughs> I think that's the problem. I was writing this and I was like, wait. No. <laughs> this is becoming too. Is this too obvious? Is this too <laughs> is this too much? Have I written this story before? Um God, I love it. But yeah, yeah, because he was yeah, he's the youngest and and he didn't have that kind of response. But you know, his his oldest brother is is the heir to the throne, mm-hmm. Nicholas and his sister Estrid, you know, was be, it was you know groomed from a young age to take over the the Scald College, um, and be the chancellor there. That's what um, Nils's mother was, Queen Isabel. Yeah, he he had his his little origin, his little uh, uh, you know origin story with the Moose Men, <laughs> who are uh, evidently a race of people that live around Hosk. Um, <laughs> I love it. And uh, and yeah, he. Um, once he beat the Moose Men, he wanted to be an adventurer, and he went and um, he went to the college, and he met with his sister, and he demanded that his sister assign him a, a scald, which is kind of like a thing for really high end adventurers in in Husk. If you're like one of the one of the like famous ones, you get like a, a bard assigned to you. And he's like sixteen years old. He's yeah, he's seventeen, <laughs> and he's like, I beat the Moose Men. You owe me. I'm awesome. You know, he has that confidence that comes from like where when you're like you haven't had any obstacles yet. Mm-hmm. Can I can I can I can I tell the audience the suggestions of like kind of like character? Oh okay. yeah, yeah. I sent I sent both of you guys pop culture touchstones to kind of help you kind of take pull traits and stuff, you know, just yes. you know. So when I was yeah so basically Gressel said think Thor and Sokka from Avatar Last Airbender and Teddy Roosevelt <laughs> I was like okay I have I, I know what Thor sounds and acts like I know what Sokka sounds and acts like Teddy Roosevelt I know what he looks like <laughs> but uh, like, that's like old timey kind of yeah like um confidence or so- speech pattern yeah, like a like a, a Theodore Roosevelt, you know, grew up with like um like I, asthma I could, and, I could and some, fight a, I could fight yeah. an alligator. Yeah, Easy. he he, he ended up becoming him. right, exactly, like <laughs> like that kind of you know, a big hunter, big outdoorsman. Um confident, confident is what you know that's um, yeah, the big that's the away. perception that he has in kind of pulp, pop culture and and history is that he was this like confident bull moose, right? He was the bull moose party. Yeah. Um, and, uh, um, I really have a beer with him, I think. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the idea is that like, you know, this, this version of Nils, young Nils is like, is, is so confident. He's so curious. He doesn't think he is, he is so sure that, that nothing bad is going to happen to him, that he is, he's, he can get out of any situation, Mm -hmm. anything that he's, he's been presented with, he's been able to succeed at, um, and uh but he hasn't really 
the the flip side of that coin is that he hasn't really tried that hard. <laughs> like, you know, he's been given these opportunities because he's a prince, um, and his siblings have taken a lot of the burden of responsibility, mm-hmm. which you mentioned earlier, Mike, but he doesn't understand that because he's a, a dumb rich kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and he's not dumb, but he's not he's not the the sharpest tool in the show. It's shed. like when you're young Jeez. and you think you're invincible, he's like double yeah. invincible. Like he thinks <laughs> double that. It's rich right. invincibility. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes. god. Yeah. Oh yeah, right. But he's not a bad person. No. He's definitely a good person at his core and he believes in good things and he believes in all the things that the people of Hosk are supposed to believe in. He believes in his family, believes in his his community, believes in his kingdom for sure. Mm-hmm. Um and and he 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 really really loves his siblings. Um like he he respects the hell out of both of them more than he'd probably admit and he 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 knows that they are doing things that he doesn't want to do, whether or not he could do them. He's maybe not sure of, or he doesn't really want to think about too much, but he knows that they're doing something that he doesn't want. And he's appreciative of that, Mm. whether he knows the words or or really understands the feelings or not. Um, So part of him understands that they're falling on a sword so that he can have this fuck around adventure (laughs) in life. When he goes, uh, when he goes and he bugs his sister and he's like, I'm famous now because I, I, you know, saved these diplomats from the moose men without, uh, having to fight, having to kill any, any of them, which is like exactly the kind of story that Hosk loves. Like they love any kind of, like the, the people of Hosk love any kind of like clever solution. Like they would be big into like fables, mm. you know, and, um, any kind of like unexpected outcome like any t- like a basic twist will like set a tavern on fire you know like, <laughs> <laughs> um you you don't want to see a like a like very rudimentary like close up magic magician in a in a bar in husk everybody will lose their <laughs> mind <laughs> but uh he finally he goes and he talks to his sister and he says give me a give me a scald i deserve it She's like, fuck off, you're 17. <laughs> um, he keeps bugging her. He keeps bugging her. And there's a uh, a traveling uh, bard from, uh, from the south, from far away, uh, who came to study at the Scald College. And, and um, he also has been a bit of a thorn in uh, Astrid's side, um, just because he's also very curious and overeager. And uh, similar kind of traits to Nils. <clears throat> and she thinks, I can kill two birds with one stone by getting this guy out of my hair uh, and um, saddling him with my uh, obnoxious little brother. <laughs> and that uh, person's name is Majumbo Namzarid. Majumbo. Nice. And that's how the two of them uh, get together. Mm. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But meanwhile, in the Moonshadow Valley, Katheria gets a little older, um, and she uh, changes her her. She starts to realize that she wants something different. Mm-hmm. And when she's sixteen, she goes to her parents and she says that she doesn't want to stay at the castle. She doesn't want to continue to train to be a ruler. She doesn't want their life. She wants something else. She she thinks it's vapid. Yeah. It's not she important. Does. Yeah. And she's like discovering these things about herself and magic and yep, she wants to go and study. She wants to go and train at the Temple of Galamathir and train with the druids to grow the power inside of her and find answers to her questions. But so, yeah, she's 16 years old. She has this confrontation with her parents. And, well, I I don't know if I can say this better than you've written it, Gressel. It's like, (laughs) amazing. Did she know that? Here's a question I have for you. Yeah. She's lived 16 years. Did she think she was an only child for 16 years? Yes. Oh. All right. I'm going to read what Gressel wrote, because, again, I don't think I can say it any better. (laughs) She was expecting resistance, sure, but she could not have prepared herself for what her mother told her next. The power inside of her belonged to an ancient line stretching over a thousand years. Her blood carries traces of fae, shadow, and man. Her destiny as her mother's before her was to bear a sacrifice to the realms, to give up her first child to a greater purpose, and to rule her people in place of her heretofore unknown older sibling. For the first time in her life, Katheria saw her usually happy mother break down in a deep sadness. Katheria had a sister, Cecilia, whom Annalise had to turn over to the powerful council of fey elves as an infant to be raised for the sacrifice. Her mother could never find the words to tell Katheria and pushed away the pain of the lost as best she could. She kept Katheria at a distance in case something happened to her and she were to lose both children, which, oh shit, is echoed later on. When Katheria puts her babies to sleep? Oh, it's so sad. Anyway. (laughs) Um, Annalise ruled for her sacrificed brother and her mother ruled for hers. This was the family curse and there was no way to avoid it. Her mother felt so much guilt, not only for giving up Cece, but for burdening Katheria with it. It was easier to keep it a secret and put it off for a later problem. And Katheria is like, fuck this. (laughs) <laughs> and leaves she says like this isn't gonna happen to me i'm gonna break this cycle uh no no way no how bozos um and pisses off to galamathir to go train to be a druid wants nothing to do with this but tragically in her training in her understanding of the world and learning more about uh mythologies and patterns and uh all of the weirdness in her own family lineage finds this to be true and inescapable, unavoidable. 
And so she goes, goth, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Is that why her hair is dark? College years. Yeah. (laughs) College years, Katheria is like back of the classroom, shoes up on the desk, (laughs) naturally talented, doesn't have to study, doesn't give a fuck. (laughs) Get like turned... Aces every test, but <laughs> no one likes her. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it blew my mind. <laughs> I didn't expect her to have this kind yeah. of yeah this kind well, of backstory. What was what was your kind of reaction to? Because because what was your impression of Katheria before you got this document? When we meet Katheria throughout the the many times that we meet her, like okay, the first time we ever hear about Katheria is from Margarine because right. I knew about her going in. But all I knew was that she was the ruler of um, Night's Pass Mm -hmm. and that no one had seen her for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think it was like a one sentence description that I gave you when we like first started of like, here's here's a here's a one page on Night's Pass so that Marjorie has a background on on where you, you know, come from because you decided I want to be from this place. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think I gave, yeah, like a one sentence blurb of like. Uh, theory Earthadar is the ruler. Uh, people liked her, but she, nobody's seen her for a while. Yeah. So I, we didn't know if I didn't know if she was like dead or missing or. Mm-hmm. But no, she's just been very sad. Oh, <laughs> so sad. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the times that we have met her, she has been dignified. She has been very. Like no, knows her position as a ruler and committed to it, mm-hmm. and so I sort of expected that she'd always been that way. She'd always been somebody who was born into this, knew her responsibilities, and with dignity took them on, Queen Elizabeth style. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but no, she she full on rebelled when in her early twenties, and goes and and chases interests of her own to try to get away from it but these interests themselves are confirming that she can't get away from it which is of course going to cause a a really kind of soul-wrenching darkness to to consume you right but fortunately in college she meets navia navia she (laughs) she meets a half half elf named navia um who is equally as talented and gifted as Cat is her name short, right? Mm-hmm. Cat. You put an I in there. You like to put vowels and consonants in words that don't need them. <laughs> C-A-I-T does not say cat. <laughs> anyway, Cat meets Navia. They become fast friends. Um, both of them are interested in the same both of them like study the same ways. Uh they're as as motivated as the other is like i i think that they see each other they see themselves in each other um and navia also is somebody who is affected by wild magic surges and so people stay away from navia because she's problematic she causes trouble for the standard fare and people stay away from cat because she's like the queen (laughs) (laughs) and not very nice (laughs) <laughs> she's not she's not mean she's just aloof she's just going through stuff but the two of them find solace within each other because of of their their um 
I suppose, identities as outcasts. Mm -hmm. And they become like best girlfriends. This is shit that I didn't have growing up where they would sneak out to the woods at night and like uh, uh, dance around and and do, you know, you know, magic girlfriends. They were magic girlfriends (laughs) where they would curse boys names and stuff to the fire. (laughs) Did you want that, Beth? Did I want that? Did you want to curse boys' names in the fire? Do you want to get real? Oh. I don't know if I wanted that because I was so fixated on being a cool girl that guys would think was a cool girl. Yeah, I feel like if I find like a popular girl? No, I mean like a uh I used to call it a dude girl. That's kind mm. of a weird way to say it now cuz it it's I resented that I was a woman. I wanted to be a one guy. of the guys. I want, that's yeah. I wanted to be one of the guys because um, genuinely, my interests are sort of masculine, um, and so I wanted to play sports, and I wanted to play video games, and I wanted to to chuckle fuck, and I didn't. Uh, I didn't. I wasn't into aesthetics or makeup or like traditionally feminine things. And the girls who were now, I'm like, that's fine. Back then, I rejected it, so I didn't like it. And so those kinds of close female friendships as a young person, um, I think I was trying to be something that, uh, I, don't, I don't know, I had a lot of pressure. But mm. I, was, I put a lot of pressure on myself when I was younger. So I don't know if I genuinely wanted or didn't want those kinds of female friendships. Mm-hmm. But I do know that I didn't have them. I don't, I don't want to share clothes with anybody. <laughs> I don't think I would either. Yeah, but Katheria and, uh, and Navia definitely shared clothes. For sure. And it was probably, they probably laughed a lot about it because Navia is so small. <laughs> and Katheria is six foot tall. Yeah. She's, she's a, a sycamore tree. Uh, Mike, what, what was your kind of reaction to, to Nil? Like, what did you think of Nils before this? And like, what, like, same question kind of a Beth, like, what's different kind of like between your perception of what we knew him from the, the, um, the previous, like the, the campaign, like we know adult Nils in his, you know, late forties, whatever, however old he is, mm-hmm. um, versus like now you get this rundown on like, Oh, he was this kind of like, yeah. Captain of the football team guy a little bit, you know? Yeah. I think my, my perception of him is, it's definitely shifted because <laughs> like when, <laughs> you know, I, when we first met him and he's, cause he only has one arm and right. He's still, he has one arm. So I'm, it's tough. Cause I feel uh, as Fletch's character, I felt bad for him. I was like, Oh my gosh, this guy has one arm. That's such a bummer. So I thought that, you know, he's, he's an adventure and all that stuff but i you know reading reading this backstory on him he had a great life <laughs> you know i mean he, <laughs> like you said he you know he he could do a bunch of stuff cuz he was rich and he had you know family that uh that he didn't have to worry about stuff um so he had the opportunity to do all these cool things um i would have never guessed that based on the nils that we knew um yeah, both of them when we meet them are uh sad. <laughs> yeah. They're kind of sad. Uh <laughs> sad varying degrees of sad. Um, you know, Nils current Nils, adult Nils is is seems I, I you know, I've tried to play him as kind of burdened. Mm-hmm. 
overworked. Um, got a lot on his shoulders. He's got a lot on his shoulders. Yeah, you know, and and you know, we had known that he had an adventuring past, mm-hmm. but we didn't know much about it. Um, we know that there was some kind of journey to like investigate the curse that ultimately led to them, you know, hiding their son, Henrik, which, which now we will learn was named after uh, Nils's father. Oh. We don't know what all happened on those adventures and what all led to that and stuff. So, you know, these are, these are different people, you know, these are very different mm-hmm. people from where, where we ended up. And, Navy, and, you know, Navy is very different too. You know, when, when we meet her in the, in the campaign, she's, something has happened to her. You know, she's obviously not involved in the order anymore. She's um, a little bit out of it, you know, and she has started to kind of, it seems with the help of Victona, once you guys have introduced her to, to Victona, that she's, you know, gotten it together a little bit more. And, you know, last time we saw her when she gave Fletch the watermelon. But, uh, but yeah, something has uh, has happened with her as well, and and she's obviously not. She doesn't seem to have as close of a relationship with Katheria, which is which is surprising. Surprising, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anything uh, else that you guys want to talk about uh, in ter- in their backstories, or any questions, or anything else you guys want to mention to the listeners now, um, just to kind of set up these characters before. I think with Cat uh, and Navia, I want to point out the dichotomy with them where Cat is very much of the moon. Her mm-hmm. inspirations, her interests, her studies is sky magic, moon magic. And Navia's is of nature and of concoctions and of plants. Um, and the two of them, even though they're, they're individual studies, which by the way, because uh, they didn't fit in in class, the teachers pulled them out and just like trained them individually, like one on one. So they really did not have a community in college. Um, and, and, and they really just had each other. Um, and I love, I, I love that their graduation night, the two of them after their graduation night, and they were named Druids of the Order of Galamathir. They went, as they always did, to the woods. And then you wrote, under the light of the moon, Navia mixed a special woad with plants she stole from the inner sanctum. And with this woad, they covered their bodies in mystic symbols and constellations, binding themselves to each other and to the goddesses. As Navia performed the ritual, the patterns rooted into her skin and the symbols and their meaning became part of her. When she drew them on Katheria's body, they burned white hot, lighting the night with a brilliant silver glow and then fading into her fair skin, becoming a part of her. And for the rest of their lives, these women would draw on this power, the culmination of their training, their passion, and their friendship for more than just magic. Like, that's that's the kind of relationship the two of them have, that they have been uh, physically... They're tattooed... Their love for each other is tattooed on their bodies. And wow. it is magical. Yep. I think that's important to share. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, that's that's something that we're uh, uh, we're kind of coming up with, like the kind of druid that Katheria is is what's it called a celestial 
It is a a uh, circle of stars. A circle of stars, Druid. Yeah. So she literally has writings on her body, which we've obviously never seen because she's dressed as a queen. I don't think that she. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she'd be like, huh, <laughs> show off her decolletage to, yeah. to remove, yeah. Um, but she's a, a woman who blinked out the moon. So the, the level of power that she has, that the origins came from this, um, this study, this in, in her own blood and this love that she has with her best friend, Navia. Um, all of this is like important, really, really important stuff for the core of this character. Yeah, I, I'm glad that you that you uh, shared that with the audience. I think that that undercurrent is going to be important, it, not not only in the in the story that we're going to be telling over the next few months, but that that you know let that cloud not cloud, but let that um, inform inform how you think about now looking back on on the things that we know about them and um, yeah, and it's so interesting to tell the story the way that we are because Gressel. Gressel knows what happens. Mike and I know where the characters are now. We are playing these characters and we don't know what happens. Right. And so what Gressel knows might happen might not happen right. the way that Gressel thinks it's going to happen. Because Nils yeah. has to lose an arm. Yeah. Uh, Navia and Katheria, they are not close anymore. And I don't know if that's a falling out. I don't know if that's a death-like change i don't who know maybe maybe they don't know that the other one is still alive all of this is a mystery so it's it's a really interesting thing to be sort of improving and writing the story as we go whilst also having it written and i'm really excited to see how it comes together it's i'm, I'm excited too i think that that is re- like like some of the things that you touched on are are the reasons why i'm excited for this like there are there are fixed points that uh, are that cannot change because of the story that we are telling in the in the main campaign. <laughs> Will this be the story of how Nils loses his arm? Maybe yeah. it might not. <laughs> it might not. Will this be the story of Navia and and uh, Katheria explaining why they're not still as close as they seem to be when they were younger? It it might be, or it might be the first chapter of that story. Like, do we, we know how Majumbo dies? We don't technically know that we don't know. We don't know anything. Okay, Um, we don't technically know if Majumbo's dead. Interesting. We might because he's. I forget if I forget if Malik said that he was. I don't remember either. Um, I I feel like it's a we just never saw him again type of a thing. But maybe no. He has. He's never had a a line. Obviously, he's never appeared in person. Yeah, what I mean to say is that, like, we don't know where Majumbo is because after right. it, in telling his story, there was a certain point where after that we never saw him again, or right. he was lost in the Feywild, something like that. Something happened, yes, in in the course of the the, uh, the story that led to the big quest that you guys are on in in the main campaign uh, that led to his his disappearance, his his absence from the life of his friends. I mean, that's super sad. Because these two are best friends. Yeah, they're Nils they're and like Majembo. Uh, Nils and Majembo mm-hmm. made fast friends. Well, yeah, they because I mean, after Estrid told them to uh, journey together, they did for what two next several years. 
they traveled north, adventuring, doing making stories and stuff. And then after a while, Majumbo grew homesick, and that's when they found themselves in Moonshadow Valley. So I feel like they became best friends. How could you not? Yeah. He, he wants to show Nils his home. Mm-hmm. And, a place uh, that we've never out. been. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the first <laughs> named place that wasn't <laughs> Night's Path. <laughs> Plus Namzerid. Place names are hard. <laughs> but that is what one of the best things that has happened with this whole story is the little things that end up being like, that I'm like, no, this is a big deal now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is a major, major plot point. <laughs> <laughs> because you guys all laughed at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exciting. So yeah, so so Katheria, Beth, you will be playing as a circle of stars druid. Yes. Also, she has black hair. The black entire hair. time I thought she was like a, a platinum blonde. Yeah. Blonde? I thought blonde or yeah, white. She, she she reads that way, I guess, in, in the description, but I think that's just kind of like our our bias yeah or yeah like because you're like were you thinking kind of Kate Blanchett Galadriel kind of thing yeah yeah you know I think that Galadriel casts a, a long shadow for stately fantasy ladies mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no um, I'm a snow white very tall snow white type yeah yeah snow white yeah exactly not in personality though my personality touchstones are Katara Sarah Connor Buffy <laughs> Summers <laughs> Daria Morgendorfer. <laughs> Daria got me. Do you know Daria? I do. Okay, good. I was like, I know Chelsea knows Daria. Yeah, we're 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 just too young, mm. I think, for to be like Daria to fans. like know Daria. But I liked Daria growing up. Yeah, you've got you've got a, a some good ones down there at the mm-hmm. bottom. Very excited about Captain Janeway. From yeah, Star Trek. Yes. Mm-hmm. She is. Katheria is the kind of one of my favorite details from this that I I wrote that I didn't really expect. Like, there, like I was telling you guys, I think uh, the other day when I was working on these, like, there's some detail. Like, I've spent so much time thinking about these these characters, but I haven't really had as much of a reason to get this granular with them because mm-hmm. they're they're not like you know, why would I need to really get into, to like put on paper this many details to play them for the little bit that we have to play them, that I have to play them for the main story. But I, I've spent so much time with them. I know I, I like knew these things and then I get them out and I, I wrote, she's compelled to balance on things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, I did not know this about Katheria, but when I, but that just happened out of my fingers. I was like, yes, mm-hmm. that is true. She doesn't walk <laughs> on the path. She walks on the little like she, lip of the, the ledge. Path. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. She's that kind of person. <laughs> and she'll sit weird in, in chairs. Um, that's, I like uh, her. Yeah. There's little things like that. Like, uh, like, I think that Nils is the kind of person who will spin a chair backwards. Yeah, and sit, sit down there. for sure. Arms yeah. crossed over it. Arms crossed yeah. for sure. Another person yeah. who sits in chairs in an unusual way. Mm. <laughs> That's their connection. They, 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 have, they have no chemistry until they both have to sit down and they're like, oh they my God. They do it at the same time because it's meant yeah. to be. <laughs> they somehow both sit in the same chair weirdly. Mm. And it just yeah. like feels fine. And it's a love seat. Oh. oh. <laughs> oh. 
Yeah, so Beth, you'll be playing as a Circle of Stars Druid. Um, I'm really, really excited for you to play as Druid. I love Druids. They're my favorite D&D class. Circle of Stars is a really, there's some really cool shit in there. Um, and and we'll, we'll kind of, I'm going to have a lot of leeway with um, the, the game mechanics on this one. Because these characters are so specific. You know, when I give you your sheets and you like look at the details and stuff, I really want to like if you have an idea to make it more personal to her. Yeah, let's let's work on that and let's make that make it more um, <clears throat> specific to her or specific to the world of D and D and D because we have gone so far astray from uh, a lot of like written D and D stuff. You mm-hmm. know, w- most obviously with Fletch. And spaghetti clown, there's a lot of wiggle room, and then um, and same with Nils, who for Mike you'll be playing as a oath of the crown paladin. Yes, which uh, has a couple really cool features. Um, this one really stood out to me because there is a feature where, uh, as a bonus action. You can challenge another creature to do battle. With yeah, you. <gasps> I love that. It's like a taunt, <laughs> and they have to make a wisdom saving through throw on a on a failed save. They can't move more than thirty feet of, from you, and they have to so like fight you. <laughs> <laughs> so, Great ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, like come that. at me. <laughs> Who will fight me? Hell yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, same, same kind of deal where we can like fudge some of these rules to make it more specific to Nils and to Hosk and to everything. But I thought a paladin would be a cool thing for you to play. It's, it's a good second character because some things are similar to Ranger. Like, like you're going to use your, your weapons a lot in combat. Mm. The spells are divine spells. So there's going to be some overlap. There's, there's going to be a lot of different ones, but there's going to be a lot of overlap with your ranger spells and paladin spells and you're not a full caster yeah like like a wizard or or sorcerer or something so you don't have to go like full magic Mm -hmm. beth there's gonna be a lot more magic for you yeah in the five years that we've been doing D &D &D, i have had the privilege of playing a couple other campaigns i have Mm -hmm. been a frog wizard so i'm ready for this (laughs) different character but wizard magic system i went in the deep end we're good Druid spells are 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 uh, a bit different than wizard spells. They're not, um, you know, obviously they're not uh, as like arcane. They're much more, they're much more natural and um, built to to be more druidic. But like, you know, this is full caster. There are ninth level spells. We won't get that far in in the next few months where you're going to be casting nine. I don't know, man. Katheria is an overachiever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What level are we starting at? Are we starting at one or three? That's, that's a question. Definitely not one because I think it would be almost punishment to make you guys go from, uh, playing level 12, 11, 12, whatever you guys Mm -hmm. are in D and D and D characters. And you should probably be higher, but we play fast and lose. Yeah, you've been playing high-level characters for years, and then to suddenly be like, oh, you have 12 hit points yeah. would probably not be as fun. So, um, that's kind of my, that, that, would, that would be one of, that's a good kind of question as we get closer to the end of this, this discussion here. How, what do you guys, based on the descriptions that I sent you, 
how far along the line do you guys feel that these characters are in their development as adventurers um, or development as uh, in, in Kytheria's case, you know, a, a, a druid a, mm-hmm. a, who is part of an order designed to, you know, protect and bring balance to the, to the forest. And I everything. mean, freshman level is one. Senior yes. graduation should at least be three. I, I would say four or five would probably be like a graduate. And that's what I was yeah. balancing between three or five, because I feel like those are good entry points. So I, I would like to at least match where Nils is at. And if he's been adventuring well, for, sure. for two years. I don't think, it, I think it's more than two years. How, how long, Gressel? It didn't state. Well, well, cause I asked you guys, how old, how old did you feel we should be playing them? Mm-hmm. We were a little bit, uh, we were a little bit, there was some distance between us because I was thinking early 20s and you guys had said maybe more late 20s. Oh, I I changed my answer. I'm thinking early 20s. You think more early? Because with Nils, there wasn't... He didn't do like a formal... Because Mike, when did we meet? How old were you when we met? Uh, 2014. Like 24, 25. So I was 23. We've been, we've been together for what, six years? So, I'm 33, so 27, 26, <laughs> yeah, we probably, 26, 27, 26, 27. So maybe like 20, 25, 25, 24 to 27 in that kind of range, mid 20s then. Mid 20s then. That's very solidly mid 20s. So maybe we want to do like level like seven. Oh, that'd be fine. Wow. Yeah. I'd take level seven. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm Because like, cool. I want you to yeah, be yeah. able to do some shit mechanically in the game. Mm-hmm. That would give me zone of truth. All right. I like this. <laughs> zone of truth. We could have some fun. <laughs> yeah. I want you to be able to like do some fun things in the game and everything and like, you know, explore some of the mechanics that will, that, that your, your classes offer because we won't be playing these characters long enough to like advance them. That's true. You know, I don't want you to be like, oh, I have these cool star powers that I'll get. Never. Never. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, so. Okay, let's, let's do that. Play then. around a little bit. All right, I'll I'll uh, knock out some level seven character sheets for you guys and get them before we we um, record our first play session, which I I'm I'm really looking forward to that. So then, uh, last note, then um, discussion bit before we wrap up the actual play, the actual story that we'll be telling starting uh, next episode is going to be a little bit different for a few different reasons from the way that D&D is. Um, one... This is uh, news to us. We're, Mike and I are on the <laughs> tips of our yeah. toes. Yeah, yeah, both of you like perked up. Um, one, uh, obviously you, you... Cards on the table, you're, you're, you're obviously not going to die. Sweet. I figured. <laughs> you know, like, that, that needs to be addressed yeah. right away. That, like, we need to find other ways to give the story stakes because Nils and Etheria are alive at present in present day. So um, that won't be like mortal peril will not be a driving narrative force. Um, I also will end up because these are characters who exist and who I created and have an idea of and want to share that with you and have you know, give you guys plenty of room to give your own impact Im- input, of course. Um, but with that, 
the narration is going to be a little more, bit more leading. Mm. Okay. This will be more like moving through a. My my goal of this will be to be that it is more moving through a story than playing a Dungeons and Dragons game. We're going to find even more of. It's going to lean even more story than D and D and D does, which is already much more story than game. But I will I will be guiding the story more. Okay. Um, by giving you guys more narration into your character's inner thoughts and by um you know driving the story more with npcs it's not going to be that you guys will not be able to make the decisions as to where the story goes that that's inherent with the with the medium and and will not change Mm -hmm. um you will still have as much agency as as possible as long as what you're doing doesn't affect fixed points but there's going to be a bit more like this makes you feel this way this you know um you react to this uh, like this you know like there's going to be my goal is to through the narration offer you more almost direction gotcha, yeah. yeah all three of us know these characters versus yes. me only knowing a character or mike only knowing his character or gressel only knowing the npc right. he's playing so right. we're, all three of us are telling these sto- this story. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And, and, and on the, yes, to that end, too, I want it to be more, if, if you guys ever want to take control of the narration, oh. feel empowered to do that. You know, I definitely want to explore something a little bit more collaborative in these next few months of, like, you know, I look over this direction and I see this, and mm-hmm. you can f- feel empowered to create within the world okay because i think that'd be more fun like i I think that there's an opportunity there that like when i completely control the environments like i do in D &D &D, there is a little which i do you know there's a reason for that but but um this is exciting though because we're we're gonna spend a good amount of time in the feywild here right yes and that is the hmm. other thing in our previous campaigns, we haven't spent a lot of time all together in the Feywild. Right. So we don't really know what, what breadth of environment the Feywild has to offer. And Mike and I could really be writing some, writing some setup that ultimately is going to matter in the, in the uh, canonical story. Well, that, yes, that is exactly right. That is, that, way, that is my... That will be my my uh, my word of caution is that <laughs> this story that we're creating will become canon Whoa. in the main story. When we return to the main story in season five, everything that happens in this mini arc is part of the history of the world. Mike, we can invent very tall magical trees that spew lava. Mm. Or that they have, to have <laughs> yeah. spoons that eat lava, so lava eating trees. Lava eating can Zavis. be a thing that's in the Feywild. I don't, I don't want that, but you know what? It's a three way collaboration, yeah, you know, so I'll consent. figure it out. <laughs> so, so yeah, it, that's exactly right. We will, <laughs> this this will be a um a Feywild adventure for the most part. Um, how yeah, I, j- I jumped to- the gun on that. Sorry, you, that- you, no, 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 no problem. Um. Yeah, discussion uh, off mic. How we're going to get there? 
We'll find out why we're there. We'll see how long we're going to be there. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll get all of that. But, um, you know, it's, uh, it's it's an interesting it's going to be really interesting what happens i'm i'm really excited to to get into it and um and tell the story uh we're going to be running this uh october through yeah probably at least february um we will be doing episodes at least every other week for sure every other week we'll see how recording schedules shake out and i i i could see a situation where we stick to every other week and it's fine um, I could also see a situation where we get really into this and we end up playing. Yeah, and now we'll the see. audience, you guys know as much as Mike and I know. Yeah, that's that's it. We've got yeah. this this document that both of us have shared: one about Cathiria, one about Nils. We know that this is going to take place mostly in the Feywild, um, and we know where the characters end up during the main story. Now. It's all new stuff for Mike and I. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. for everyone. Except for Gressel. Except for Gressel knows everything. I know. <laughs> he knows those established points. Which we do not know, and I don't think he'll tell us. Yeah, you only know the ones that you know from the main mm. So yeah, so the, it's, it's going to be really exciting. Do you guys have any other questions before we wrap up? Anything else you want to talk about before we... Before we like, you know, do our first play session or any other char- any other character questions or world questions or, you know, because like like that's the other thing too is that like these are you know characters of nobility they're going to know more about the world than our commoner characters in the main story. Um, it's a different time period. Um, Marjorie would be alive at this time. I was thinking, would hmm. everybody be alive at this time? Zabbis would not yet. Fletch. Or, yeah, no, Zabbis would. Zabbis is like Zabbis 70. Would, yeah, because he's an elf, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, Zabbis yeah. and Fletch I would. think everyone is alive. Everyone is alive. Marjorie is just a, like, looks very the Very young man. Flack is like a boy. Boy Flack, all right. Boy Flack. Juno is a very young man. Mm-hmm. Brixen still exists. Because this is taking place approximately, what, like 35, 30 years prior to... That's my question 20, for you. 20 something. 20 something years before the 20, main 25-ish. Campaign. Yeah, everybody's alive. We might run into people. I suppose that's technically okay. true. There there is there is the fixed moment in time of Marjorin seeing Cathiria yep. in the Knight's Chamber. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think all three of our brains are just spiraling yeah. right yep. now, thinking about where our characters would be at this point. And yeah. I'm just excited to learn a little bit more about Plinkerton. Plintherin. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> Plintherin. The, yes, the, the, uh, the fey wizard, uh, Plintherin Beelamore, who... Uh, whose journal we own. Whose journal every yep you have you know that he will ultimately become a companion of uh Kytheria, Nils and Jumbo. Yep. Um mysteriously absent from any previous tales that you guys have heard. Navia. Yep. Sorry. And what I does it and what does it mean? Gressel just thought of something. <laughs> oh <it's laughs> and he's got that mischievous yeah, grin too. 
I'm really, I'm really pumped. I, I hope, I hope this was interesting to folks. Um, I know it wasn't like a play session, but like we I wanted to make sure that you guys had the, the background on these characters before we went in and it wasn't just cold. Like, cause there's a lot that informs where these characters are going to start. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, the nature of the medium is that we can't like have a line of dialogue and then four paragraphs of exposition in an, in like in a novel and then a line of dialogue, you know, like, so uh, this is our way of getting that information out there, you know, cause otherwise we would just be like performing a novel and I don't, ha- I don't have time. For <laughs> 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 yeah. So, um, so yeah, so that's what we'll do. We'll, we'll get into our, uh, our next, uh, our next play session, our first play session, and our our first real, uh, our first real episode, um, will be coming on, uh, Wednesday, uh, October twenty seventh. All right, we have a date. Uh, so just in time for Halloween, we will get a a story that may be spooky. I don't know. We haven't done it yet. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but it will be exciting and it will be fun and we'll see what, uh, what you guys are able to do with these characters. I'm excited to see you interpret these people. I'm honestly a little bit nervous. Yeah. 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 Cause Nils, like he's, he's a big deal. He's yeah. He's been yeah. a big deal so for a long time. I, I, like yeah. I'm trying to figure out like what kind of voice do I give him? Do I just give him a normal voice? Do I like, so it's, I still have a lot to think about in terms mm-hmm. of every time of I say that I'm excited for what's coming next. That word is not a big enough word because yeah, there's fear in there. I don't want to. I don't want to mess this up. But yeah. I also am really curious and and interested in where this goes and what's going to happen. I'm I'm as much of a fan of our show as I am a player of the show. Does that yeah. make sense? For sure. Well, we have to be. That I mean. <laughs> we're, the, we're the first fans. It's yeah. weird. We be doing it's it. weird yeah, exactly. to like really be looking forward to what happens in a story you're creating. I know. <laughs> I love that about this, though. I love that. Like, there's things I can't wait for you guys to to experience, and, and, and as as the first audience, you know. Mm. And um, you know, this is this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, there's still going to be a food element, of course, everything. Oh yeah. That's a good question. Is always inspired by the food. Um, so is it going to be old weird recipes from ancient human civilizations? Beth wants so bad (laughs) to stick a maraschino cherry on the end of a banana. I want those like Betty Crocker 1950s weird recipes to be for, to... To represent our prequel series, <laughs> you're, you're, you know, without spoilers, you're not far off. <laughs> oh no! Jeez. And and I won't say anything else, but you, but you're not far off. So there is going to be old timey food. There's something. There's something that that is is um in that vein. But uh, I'd be shocked if anybody could snipe it from that. But. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, there will be the the f- food will be a, a a big part of of this story. Maybe maybe the biggest yet, other than the the pumpkins. Mm. Um, what does we'll that see. mean? Okay. Yeah, I'm buckling up. Yeah, I'm ready for the drive. <laughs> <laughs> no breaks, except oh, for every other week. 
Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, th- I think that's it. I think that's all we've got for this one. Uh, we, uh, I- I'm really pumped. I hope you guys enjoyed uh, hearing more about these characters and yeah. um, what we're going to be doing with them. I'm excited to see you guys interpret them, and I'm excited to play this story. Um, uh, Patreon, patreon.com slash dndndpod, uh, Twitter, and, and Instagram. Um, do all that. Uh, Beth, uh, do you have new logos? Prince, no, you're sold out? Still sold out? Still sold out. Uh, I will be, we bought this house, and we're trying to renovate it, and so I'm trying to figure out when to open up the shop, but when the shop reopens, we will have restocked D&D&D seasons one, two, three, and maybe even season four posters, depending on how quickly I can get that one out. Because that's, I, we're wrapped. It's it, We're ready for the orange one. I'm so fucking pumped. <laughs> season it's, one is blue, season two is purple, season three is red, and season four is going to be like orange yellow. The season three one is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. So, <laughs> And I just keep getting better at drawing with every year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the meantime, you can get merch at uh, T Public. Uh, we have opened our merch shop there with the Gerbert Merbert uh, campaign team and D and D logo designs available on uh, multiple different products, uh, t shirts as well as mugs and stickers and magnets. Uh, somebody tweeted at us uh, that they stuck a D and D logo magnet on their comic book cabinet. It looked cool as shit. Oh, neat. Um, so go uh, do that um and yeah i I think that's it for plugs Uh, also the subreddit r slash d and d and d pod definitely definitely the subreddit subreddit maybe uh maybe an active place with this one um there's a lot of like suspense of knowing yeah a lot of dramatic irony in this story you know with knowing where the characters end up and um i'm gonna i'm gonna try not to to you know over over uh overdraw that well but um we'll see how it comes out i'm just pumped yeah stories are fun it's gonna be a great time that's it for this one i have to go play my other dungeons and dragons (laughs) (laughs) all right get to it buddy (laughs) dang you're not stop yeah that's what you do now huh (laughs) usually i i do these on different days but um not today um all right uh that's it thanks mike and beth uh yeah thank you yep we're pumped too that's it for this one thanks everybody do what's fun do Do what's fun. fun D&D&D is a Moorpark Media podcast and a Spotify preferred partner. Written and edited by me, James Gressel. D&D&D is performed by James A. Janice, Chelsea Rebecca, Beth Bradloff, and Mike Sigan.